Welcome, dear friends, to the Taviren, a Wheel of Time podcast hosted by three gentlemen for whom the very wheel itself bends around. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Bill, Rob, and Rich. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Taviren, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Robert. You're going with the full name today. Yes. Yes. All Richard. Right. <laughs> I, I guess I could go the same way because I am Richard, or better known as Rich to most of you people out there. I was just I feeling a little... to go really wild there for a second and just start screaming into the mic. <laughs> I, I thought it would be a little formal since I felt bad for missing out uh, last week on, on a very good chapter. <laughs> so I'd be more formal. Hello, this is Robert, and welcome to our podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I cannot talk all fancy like you. <clears throat> no, well, none of us can t- even approach uh, Billy in his his uh, regal voice. <laughs> his regal voice. Okay. <laughs> it sounds, uh, sounds terrible. Just and, we're throw that out there. And if you guys are running, why the little bit of pep in Rich's step today? That's because we're actually recording at normal time because Bill couldn't make it. That's right. He said he had lunch with the boss. So yeah, whatever that means. Yeah, whatever that means in in his world. So yeah. it's not butt crack early in the morning for us. So yeah. So I am wide awake, <laughs> doing some crazy things. Got some ice cream in front of me, ready to do this thing. Let's do it. So this time, Rich, we got chapter 24, 24 flight down the Arenel. So what do you think of this chapter, real quick? I liked it. Yep, yep. There was a good chapter. Um, some some themes that come to pass that I've I've cited before kind of happen again here. I'll bring that up as we get to it. But all in all, it's a good it's a good one of those kind of segue chapters. As in, let's switch focus and see what Rand and his crew are up to. You know, we got our fill of of Perrin and Egwin and Nynaeve with Lan and Maureen. Now let's go see what the other guys are up to. A whole lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah, they're on a boat. All right, end chapter. <laughs> yep, I'm on a boat. <laughs> and I wait for Bill usually to say something at the very end of it. He starts rapping. <laughs> I'm on a boat, I'm on a boat, I'm on a Yeah, okay, Rich, that's it. we get it. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it, I'm not. I know, I, I, I know. what happens when I'm awake. The spirit of Bill. So actually, Rich, you know that we have a, um, a new iTunes review. I know, you, I know, I saw that. Yeah. And it's funny because it took me a second to look at this guy's name and like, hmm, oh, it's Big Al Met fan. Okay, <laughs> you could have you could have kind of pronounced that in different ways, but I'm like, I think he's I think he's a baseball fan. Um, I'd probably guess that is right. Or or maybe he's a fan of the Met Opera. You know, it could be the Metropolitan Opera. Who knows? It could be. Mm, <laughs> I doubt that. But uh, he has a five star review from Big Al Met fan. Uh, it's called Great Wheel of Time Podcast. Wheel of Time is my favorite fantasy series. I listened to the first episode of several Wheel of Time reread podcasts. This is the best one that I found. I like the interaction between the hosts and their analysis of the chapters as we read. Of course, there's always the Readings with Rob dramatic reading segments. Very unique takes on the characters and their voices. Well, thank you very much, Big Al Met fan. Uh, thank you for classifying my, my segment as dramatic. <laughs> I, I try <laughs> rolling my eyes sort of but hey thanks again for the five stars we appreciate it greatly yeah uh, thanks thank you very very much i'm a little concerned though he says you know it's we say it was a serious take or a different take on the uh 
the readings. <laughs> it's, it was it was a dramatic word that caught me off guard. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Thank you. Dramatic. Yes. Because <laughs> I'll be honest, like I listened to a bunch of these just recently. Yeah. I was like, wow, these are way off what I thought they were going to be. Like, that's why <laughs> when Bill kept talking about it, I'm like, okay, let me, let me make sure I got this right. Let me see if I'm reading, hearing these things right. Well, They're we had, awesome. we have, like, <laughs> thanks. We have Jamaican land. And we have Master Gleeman, um, Danny DeVito. That's that was the other the other one that we uh, were told about. That, that my that my Tom Maryland sounds like Danny DeVito. I I do like that. <laughs> um, with Wheel of Time news, we actually have a couple bits of news to talk about. Uh, first, I don't know if you've known this, but the Daily Trollic has closed their doors. Did you hear about this? I one? saw that. Yeah, I know. That's sad. I mean, we we. Well, I, lo I love that website. Uh, we we used it uh, as far as drawing some news tidbits from it. We always gave Narg uh, his proper respect. We've always called out Narg for his great work. Yep. Um, uh, it's a dark time for the Wheel of Time news outlets. Uh, we've you know lost lost a good one here. So Narg, what was the reason why he closed the they closed it down? Uh, Don't really know. I. Officially, I don't want to spec. I don't want to speculate, um, but he has his reasons, and I respect okay. that. So, Narg, best of luck to you in any future endeavors. We already we miss you already. Yes, very much so. Yes. Uh, also, a uh, second little bit of not really news, but now that they've cast the Evansfield Five, they've cast Ma Rain, and they've cast Lan. People are starting to wonder why hasn't Tom Maryland been cast yet. And that's starting to spiral into, oh my God, is he cut from the show? That would be stupid. <laughs> Did he get the Tom Bombadil treatment in in the Lord of the Rings movies? And it's, so I, I was going to ask for your opinion on it, but I think you very succinctly gave us your opinion on mm -hmm. Tom. Yep, um, he's needed. I mean, you can't you can't have this book series without Tom. You just can't. He's a comedic, you know comedic outlook towards uh the boys he's very mm -hmm. mentoring to to the boys themselves as well yep so to cut him completely out of the series would be very detrimental well in the and, beginning of the series and and then obviously in the chapters that we're covering at this point in time he's the perfect offset to to matt and rand mm -hmm. so you know they're the country bumpkins just trying to make their way and he's and he's like their ground, their their ground in reality, saying, you know, hey, you think Barrelon's a city? You ain't seen nothing yet, you know. Mm -hmm. You know how, you know, when they were on the ship with the Captain Doman for the first time, and and they asked for a payment, you know, the boys immediately just say, oh, here's all the money we have. And Tom, mm -hmm. you, you can almost hear Tom's, you know, face palm, it's like oh. And you're right; it's it's comic relief. Uh, it's a good it's a good character, you know. Um, Offset to, like I said, to, to Matt and Rand. And although you don't know it, only reading three books into the series, there are parts of later chapters where Tom is the key component to the whole puzzle. So people are already people are already speculating. I can't obviously tell you the exact. I don't want to know. I'm not going to spoil anything. No. If, if it was me, if it was me and Sir Bill, we would talk about it. But let me just say that there are. Very key parts of the book late, later in the book where Tom, I don't know how they could do it without Tom. 
So I'm hoping, my hope is that they've left Tom's casting this far out because they got someone big. big? Yes. Yeah. That's Robert my hope. <laughs> that would be beyond big. Mm. Oh, my God. He's like, I'm going to be bored. Might as well just do something. Not only well, did they get Robert Downey Jr., but they got the Russo brothers to direct one of the episodes. Yeah. Or <laughs> it's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that was my idea. Oh, yeah. See, that's what it is. Slap, Nicolas... slap a mustache on Nick Cage and then tell him to go. Yeah, he'll do it. He'll do it for anything. You give him a nickel, he'll probably do it. Well, you know what the best one was? And someone in our Discord, I, I wish I could go back and, and, and find out who it was, but you know, he's a little older now, but Dick Van Dyke. Think of Dick okay. Van Dyke maybe like in okay. his 60s. He has the acting chops. He has the acrobatic chops. He has the storytelling chops. It, he, he would have been perfect if this show you. was made in 1985. <laughs> but, I like that. I know. Uh, okay. Then, uh, enough of our, enough of our uh, dream castings. Hopefully... Hopefully Rafe is just kind of um, teasing everybody and, and, and gone radio silent on this because, like I said, the lack of information kind of, has kind of whipped up the uh, Wheel of Time community into a little bit little bit of a minor frenzy on the thought of Tom being cut. Hopefully he's not. So you get two very resounding hopefully he's not from us, and I want to assume Bill's in the same camp as well. Correct. So... And as always, thank you to Twitter of Time, uh, the Wheel of Time on Prime, hashtag Twitter Time, hashtag Wheel of Time on Prime, um, the YouTuber Nablus now, that I also check him out. He's a great source of, of all things Wheel of Time news. And keep up the good work, guys. Um, you know, any news we get, we, we will try. Obviously, we, obviously, since our podcast releases on Wednesdays, we missed we we missed the whole wheel of time Wednesdays the day of so like I said we're always last to last to let you guys know but you know we we get it done <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> um are we gonna have to start becoming like a known resource for news for wheel of time oh I don't want that responsibility yeah I'm not a big fan of that <laughs> I mean I'm I mean, okay with can. the I'm okay with the hot takes like like if you guys wanted to do like what I did when the when the Evans Field Five was cast do a quick hot take and give your opinions I'm all for that but I, I don't know if I can be counted on to be on the cusp of a, of a breaking news as it happens that's way too much pressure no please no well, oh, we can we can tell Bill to do it. he doesn't do anything right he's too busy yeah. having dinners with the boss no he doesn't he's like <laughs> all about like. Hey, going I'm going to go on a little to... tangent here. Go for it. And I'm, I'm going to pull. I'm going to pull an old TV show. Okay. Uh, Rich, did you ever watch Bewitched? Yes. <laughs> when when Bill said he has to go out have dinner with the boss, it makes me think of episodes of Bewitched where where Mr. Tate always came over to their house to have dinner. It was very important to to make sure that dinner went well for Mr. Tate. Yeah. <laughs> I could just picture some guy at Bill's house and Bill's like, you know, stress it out. Honey, make sure make sure it's not overcooked. You've got to impress the boss. <laughs> yep, that's hope, true. Hope all goes well for you, Bill. I'm pulling for you. I'm not. That's <laughs> up. Do it. You, you would Bill say that. <laughs> then it would give Bill more work and that mean less podcasting time. Don't no, say that. More, more podcasting. Don't be, don't be messing with work stuff. <laughs> you all podcasting. I mean, he does. He's got three podcasts now. Actually, I think he has four. Four, because you count ours. You count the one you guys have. Uh, our Peggy. He he has his own uh, 
audio only experience, I think. And we can bring up with him. He started a, an Attack on Titan anime uh, podcast just now. Why? Because he's a glutton for punishment. I don't understand. I have two, barely, bar- one, barely two, and I'm like, oh my god. He's got four. A, hmm. Just ponder that for a minute. It's a little intense. Ugh. Yeah, Bill. Bill's kind of intense in that way, I, I guess. Ugh. All right, all right. I'm going to bring this back on point. So, okay. you know, enough lamenting about Bill and his his career aspirations and, and, and podcasting aspirations. <laughs> so tonight we have Chapter 24, Flight Down the Arenel. Uh Perspective has shifted back to our main protagonist, Randall Thor. They are, well, actually, in this in this chapter, it opens up with him uh, having a dream. And it's not, it's not a cozy dream either. It's, it's one of these uh, dark dark Bosman dreams so it says here but even though it's one of these dreams he recognizes as one of these special kind of dreams or one of those dreams as it's been referred to he's becoming to get he's becoming to get used to these dreams in this in this specific dream he's in a world of shadow filled with stone flat tops of different heights all connected by ramps if you yes. fall you seem to fall forever but how would he know he's He's been in this dream before. I guess we get that we get the idea that he's had this specific dream before, and he's sort of getting used to the routine of it. But it's still ominous. It's still scary, and it's he still is being chased by Balzaban. Yep. So he he he's able to move around and avoid getting caught. So he's kind of like on a stealth mission where he's just like sneaking around from flat top to flat top in hopes of not being seen. Because you know, once he would, once he gets seen and the jig is up, then it becomes you know torturous, and then you must bow to me, and then bow to my will. No, 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 and then it becomes just a just a nightmare within a nightmare. So, right here, two two times during this dream, Rand was able to surprise Balzaman. First, by approaching Balzaman face to face, so he kind of comes upon Balzaman, and even though he's being chased by him in this dream. Balzaban actually appears to be surprised, which is kind of kind of weird, not unexpected behavior. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's odd. <laughs> Maybe it's thinking because I'm gonna go on a limb here. Rand's on drugs. <laughs> I'm just gonna the whole time. He's just on drugs. So I'm gonna have two rivers to back, huh? Yep. But you know, in, if you're if you're in a you know, everybody's had that kind of dream where you're being chased. But the person you're chasing is is knowing they're chasing you and knowing where you are. It's kind of that kind of dream. But in this dream, he turns the corner and meets him face to face. Rand jumps back and and but also notes that Balzaman jumps back too in surprise. He wasn't expecting Rand to be where he was. So it starts to show that there are things in this dream state that. Maybe Balzaman doesn't have a complete control over. Possibly. Possibly. And Rand is starting to maybe figure things out. Mm-hmm. I got to know. Or, this. Go ahead. Or Rand is actually Balzaman. And surprised, he's doing the same actions that Balzaman does. And that's why it surprised him. <laughs> maybe it's Maybe they're all in Bella's dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> Since Bella's the creator and all, everybody just betting to Bella's will and and 
That's she, right. She, she controls all. <laughs> yeah. Or, or here's another one. Go for it. Instead of Bosman in Rand's dreams, Rand is in Bosman's dreams and try and it's messing with him. Oh, uh, well, that's a possibility too. Yeah. You don't that's know. Why. You don't know which way is which with these kind of dreams. Yeah. So the so next note I have is the second is when Rand remembers. He knows how to escape this dream by realizing that it's all just a dream. And Rand and Bialzalon faces appear in numerous, in mirrors and merge together to form one. Maybe, um, maybe two sides of the coin? Yeah, could be. It could be. So it's like two become one. It's like, the same, I think the same kind of dream sequence happened in one of the Harry Potter movies where Harry was dreaming he was Voldemort and then there were scenes that we knew Harry was in, but it was Voldemort as Harry. Yeah. So it's one of those things where Rand remembers he's in a dream and he basically just announces to himself that this is a dream and he wakes up. Yep. That's the same concept whenever you're when you're dreaming and you have a nightmare, you're supposed to take control of your dreams. Also, it's in the same concept of nightmare before Elm Street. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You're in a dream. Just realize you're in a dream and yell out, I'm in a dream. Doesn't always work, but it worked in this case. So it, it starts to show that, that Rand or Bialzaman is starting to realize that the other is gaining a little more awareness. Yep. More intertwined. More in, yes, more intertwined than, than, than before. Or each dream, it <clears throat> becomes more and more intertwined. So who knows what happens later down the road. Yep. Now, we do want to make a quick note of this dream So before we move on. Yep. Is Rand actually hurts himself in the dream. And he does, it feels very painful. And he does feel that a little bit when he comes out of the dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not all safe in the dream world where, you know, if you die there, you're okay. No, something, if you die in there, you probably could die out there. Yeah, the, the, the rules of the dream world become more um, defined when we get into to more of Perrin's and Egwin stories. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, you can almost, I mean, that's that's kind of a, a trope within movies is if you die in the dream, you die in real life. So we can almost assume that's still the case here. That's right. So, but then we get a kind of a fade to black. Rand wakes up, fade to black. Then, you know, I guess it's a couple days later. Um, life on the spray is beginning to get a little dicey. You know, one of the things is uh, Captain Doman is pushing his crew very hard. Uh, Gelb is constantly telling his crew members not to trust Rand because, you know, you know, Gelb was sleeping on the job. But if you ask Gelb, you know, he was doing his due diligence and Rand just came up and clocked him one and brought the Trollocs upon him. Stupid. Yeah, stupid Gelb. Gelb. So, you know, the, I mean, I like Captain Doman. He's he's a really good character. Um, he seems to be very much a man of his word. Yep. Uh, through the whole time, he's he's he drives the ship, obviously, the way it's supposed to be. He commends his crew to do their work, do everything, but the other guy, Gelb. They hate, they hate Gelb. They hated Gelb before this whole thing just happened, and, and you know, then then he gets caught sleeping on the job as Trollocs crash on the ship. So mm-hmm. he's 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 shit. He's he's done. And and Doman told him that as much. He's like, yes, first time we hit dock, you're off me boat, you know. Yeah. Think of so. it this way. If if he was actually keeping watch like he was supposed to, Rand and them might not have made it. Correct. 
That's that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. He would have seen them coming and told him, you know, hoist up, boys, we're out of here. Trollocs coming, and then you yeah. know, Tom and Matt and Rand would have been would have been screwed. Thank God he's too stupid, <laughs> or too or too tired, too tired, too <laughs> stupid. Yeah. So Tom is kind of picking up on the vibe of the crew, and he fears that mutiny could be happening. So you know, one thing that he has been doing is teaching the boys how to how to be a gleeman and and he does his gleeman shtick for the crew to kind of keep spirits up mm-hmm. and he feels now that this is necessary cuz he is concerned that if Doman pushes these guys too hard there could be mutiny afoot so so what better way to control the mutiny than make everybody laugh yep yep and then he like I said he trains the boys in in, in all sorts of all sorts of entertainment you know storytelling uh, music playing acrobatics so you know he and we'll see this in some of the later chapters but he has other reasons why he's training the boys as well mm-hmm. but for right now it's a good it's a good cover story to help keep the crew you know not thinking about mutiny yeah but you know between like with tom you know helping out and teaching the boys how to do stuff rand is actually doing a really good job with that he's actually really enjoying it but yep Matt's not so. Yeah, wonder, wonder, wonder why that is. Well, that's something going on with that guy. We, you know, I know the back. I know the complete backstory of of these characters. So, mm-hmm. well, I know a little bit about what's going on with that. Um, I mean, after the whole thing going down, um, you know, with the boys being taught how to do stuff, uh, the juggling, the storytelling, the music. Um, you know, days down the road, you actually see Rand up top of the mast. Oh, we're jumping, we're jumping ahead a little bit. Are we? Are we doing? I thought that was like right after that. Oh, I had, a, I had a few more. I had a couple more, more notes you here. Do, you do your notes. <laughs> I got you. This is uh, why it's a discussion, everybody. All right. Um, <laughs> well, they pass a mysterious metal tower off the eastern shore. Oh yeah, that's right. Doman tells the boys that he has. That it has no rust and no doors. This mysterious treasure there. Yeah, Matt. Matt muses that there must be treasure there. So you know, those of us who have read the books and know what this tower is, I can't tell you what it is, and I can't tell you the story behind it. But this comes back in a big way in one of the later books. Oh, I don't know about that. So don't ruin it. I know. I won't. No, I won't. But, but yeah, that's uh. That's Matt's big thing. It's a big foreshadow of like the what what's to come. Is Matt's pretty obsessed with treasure? Yes, yes. Everything must have treasure. Mm-hmm. So something. I mean, he was kind of like that a little bit in the beginning, but it seems to be his focal point in these chapters. Um, my next note here says Doman and Matt argue what really is treasure, and you get kind of a philosophical debate here. Is it actual valuable physical items? Or is it, or is it treasured memories and the experience through the journey? Kind of, kind of deep thoughts there. But then, very deep thought. Yeah, but then Matt takes that as oh, he must be hiding treasure too. So treasure, yes, everything, everything revolves around treasure. Even though Captain Doman is trying to get all existential on him, says, you know, it's not the trip, it's the journey. It's not the destination, but the journey. You know, could that be the true treasure? But you know. Matt's like, yeah, you probably got treasure too. Treasure, so. <laughs> all treasure. That's what I want. Uh, we get a couple firsts, first mentions during this conversation. 
including talk of sea folk and an entity known as the Coromor. Have you met the Coromor yet? In I uh, forget where that comes up, but have you met the Coromor no. yet? No, I don't okay. think so. Nope, I have not. <laughs> okay, so that's another kind of callback or, or <laughs> foreshadowing. Um, Crazy. <laughs> so now, now we get to uh, to uh, your scenes. You go ahead, go ahead, and, and, I'll, and I'll bounce off what you say. Okay. So, you know, there, Rand is up there on the mast, just kind of minding his own business. He's basically daydreaming about what's going on. Yep. And Tom finally gets up there. Right. What's that? No, Tom gets up to the top. Like he's calling you down from below. Yeah, he's yelling at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he finally gets up there and and Rand snaps out of the daydream he has, he notices that everybody is paying, like watching him, and and Doman is kind of shaking his head at him and it's just causing a stir. So what Rand does is he just, okay, I'm just gonna flip down. He does some acrobatic kind of thing and lands down. Yep. He lands in front of Matt. (laughs) And what is Matt stroking? (laughs) <laughs> freezing mm-hmm. he is stroking a beautiful a ruby encrusted yeah. dagger yes and where did he get that dagger why from the treasure pile back in Shadar Logoth yes but here's the kicker to this he his exact words were not exact words but paraphrasing here I did not this was not gifted to me I took, I took it yep before and you guys rushed me out of there so, so it's not my fault it doesn't count so you know in a technicality basically what it is yeah so let me just go back one one point so rand's on top of the crow's nest you know tom's like hey boy you mind coming down from there please now because mm-hmm. everybody's kind of looking at you kind of weird you know, and Rand says, ah, sure. And does his acrobatic flip, jumps down, ta-da, and everybody claps, you know, that. And, you know, Tom's like, um, yeah, we were practicing that. Uh, yes, he, he was supposed to do that. Yes. <laughs> and But the best part is Rand takes takes the way Rand looks back up the crow's nest. What the fuck was I thinking? He's like, why was I up there? What was, I jumped from there? And it reminded me of the scene when they were in Bearline, where Rand was laughing at the White Cloaks, just laughing at their face. And it was a Tavir, I, that I believe it was a Taviran moment where he just felt this bravado that he could just laugh in their face and it was going to be okay. And yep, then things are changing. Yep. And after, after, you know, the, the events with the White Cloaks happened, he thought back and he's like, why would I laugh at White Cloaks? Why? That's just dumb. This this scene reminded me exactly of that too, where he had a Taviran moment where he's like, Yeah, I can make that jump. And he does the does the you know the the cartwheel, whatever he does to jump down. Then he looks back up and he's like, What? Mm-hmm. why was I up there again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was dumb also. So the Taviran's kicking in, he feels invincible, you know, or you know, he feels the bravado and I could do this. Then when it kind of dies down, he reflects back and he's like, yeah, I probably should not have done that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, Matt, excuse me, Matt is is basing this whole Ruby Dagger thing on a technicality. So, you know, when I first read this, my first 
free throws, I'm like, that's pretty flimsy. I don't feel good about this dagger immediately. So, yep. and, yeah. That, was that your thoughts too, first time throw? Yep, exactly. So, Rand's reaction was, well, hey, if we get separated, we could sell it and live like kings. That's right. <laughs> that's like, uh, yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, every time, you know, when Matt was is with the dagger or, or touching the dagger or, as you put it so so beautifully, uh, stroking his dagger. I mean, he is stroking the dagger. Yeah, he was. You He's know, he, he gets a little dark edge, little dark edge to him. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's where the chapter closes when, you know, we realize the dagger... Uh, we realized that it was from Shadar Logoth, but it's okay. I took it. It wasn't given to me. It wasn't a gift. I stole it. You're going to see the change. That's like, you can't fire me. I quit. That's right. <laughs> still still the same result. I mean, yeah, it could. It's the same result uh, ultimately and everything, but you you can actually start to see the change in Matt from when he took it from uh, Shadar Logoth because, yep. I mean – since they left to now, he's been very distant. He hasn't been happy with a lot of things. He's very standoffish when it comes to various he's scenarios. Not positive. No, Rand he's is, not Rand positive. is staying positive. Egwin and Perrin and the others are okay, but Matt's like, I'm not so sure anymore. Yeah, they're dead. Yeah, they're so, dead. We got to think about ourselves. You know? I mean, he blames he blames everything on Moraine and Rand and Perrin for like what's happened. Well, and he so also it's not his fault. He also flat out blamed. Perrin and Rand for the dagger in the first place. Yeah, you, did, did. you, you just you shuff, you shuffled me out of there before I could do anything. It's your fault I had it. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's got it's worth probably a lot of money, but he doesn't understand like what implications has happened because of him taking it. He, he um, thought he worked a loophole in the system and could take yeah. the treasure without the consequence. But there is still consequence, as we are starting to find out. Mm-hmm. So you've got this change going on with Matt, or mm-hmm. yeah, with Matt, and you've got a change going on with Perrin. In the previous chapter that we've got, he, we have a change going on with Perrin. Yes. So each boy is starting to do something a little bit different. You see Rand becoming more daring, more, more and, daring, more bravado. Yeah, and you've got uh, Perrin starting to become very, very. I want to say of the wolves. Yeah, he's starting to become very. I hate saying the word very a lot, but he's starting to become bolder. I want to say bigger, more protective. Bolder? You mean um, where he kind of took took control with Egwin and where they decided to yeah. skip Whitebridge to go to Camelin? Mm-hmm. Okay. I see that so too. That. And then you've got Matt now who's all of a sudden starting to shrink in on himself from being very positive and very happy. Like, look, we're going to do this. I'm going to get into mischief. We're going to have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. This, this to more of a, don't look at me. Don't touch the precious kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. It's so, that's his precious. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah. So what could be happening? What's the change? What's going on with that? Could it be the, the tar, uh, the Tarviran? Like it's, that's what's happening. Could it be Moraine somehow being involved is what's causing these issues or is it just the boys now eventually going off in their own separate tree of, of destiny? Well, it could that. be a little bit of everything. For for Perrin and for Rand, I would say, yeah, it could be Taviran kicking in. Um, with Perrin and his ability, his, his senses with the wolves, that, that harkens back to even a more ancient 
entity mm-hmm. than than Aes Sedai or, or or any kind of magic, which is you know, it's it's, it's something like I said even deeper than magic. It's something more ancient. But with this specific version of Matt, and one of the reasons why Matt is one of my favorite characters, is that his his arc goes through so many different stages, and 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 it's you know through three books you've seen maybe two of six different stages of Matt. They're so all would, very succinctly different from each other. Yeah. So would you say Matt goes through the most change, in your opinion? Matt, uh, the way I worded it was Matt's character arc is the most arcing. Okay. Now, Perrin, okay. you know, Perrin, where he is to where he goes and Rand, you know, we know, we know Rand, it, we know Rand is very, 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 very important to the pattern. So. Correct. You know, and you can, hard to compare. Yeah. And you could see that of why that is with, with Rand versus Bahazmon because they're the two opposing forces. So, mm-hmm. you know, that Rand is going to be more out there of, of leadership and his bravado. He's becoming very, you're going to see this guy. I mean, from what I read in the first three books, it's a lot of growth well, and he becomes very um, manly. <laughs> no, I, I, get, I get what you're saying, but one thing that I've also noticed, and I think it's happening in right now in this chapter specifically, all three of the boys are having the same dreams. So correct. Th- Perrin and Matt are also having the dreams of being chased through these, the, you know, the, through that area with the different levels and the bridges and all that. But I think Rand is the first one to surprise Balzaman, you know, counter him, figure out how to get out of the dreams. And I think this could be the dark one realizing which of the three gets the focus. Correct. So now. What about in those dreams? We kind of go back to those. The dreams themselves, you've got Rand getting the jump on Bahazamon because Bahazamon can't see fully what Rand is doing. Correct. He can see the other two. Well, he knows he, what they're doing, but he can't see what Rand does. That's why he gets the jump on him. Yeah, but I also think that Perrin and Matt may not have quickly realized how to get the jump on Bahazamon. True. And that's where, you know, Rand is, is kind of distancing himself from the other two and showing the dark one that, yeah, I might be the guy. You, you, mm-hmm. you cut it down to three and me being able to thwart your dreams is showing you that I'm the guy. Yeah. That's just my so, opinion. So that time. could put that more of a focus. Balsman could put more focus onto Rand yes. to mess with him than it is to mess with the other two. Or yes. Here's another, you know, here's another speculation here is whatever's happening to Matt starts to cloud over him or his dreams or whatever. That could be as well. Hides him from Bahazamon. Whatever's happened to Perrin is kind of covering him as well. You know, the, okay. the way of the wolf is starting to, you know, cover him because they that cause... leaves Rand. That, that you know what that's actually a valid valid point to look at it from that way too because parent parent and Matt have their own issues going on. That's Correct. that's actually good. That's actually good. I gotta take a closer look at that. But no, yeah. I know parent also. Con- I think have we gotten to the point where parent has commented that the wolves are in his dreams? No, I don't think so yet. But it's coming. Oh, up no, very yes, soon. he has. He has. He's mentioned oh. that he's he's seen wolves and, and stuff in his dreams. Um, but you got to look at. What what's happening with with Perrin 
is not voluntary. It's something that's happened to him Correct. already. Matt is the only thing that it's happened to him voluntary of what's going on. So if that hadn't happened to him back in uh, Shadow Logar, it would be more of a hard thing probably for Balazamon to actually focus on those two and not and you can eliminate Perrin out of that. Like, okay, well, Perrin's not the guy I want because of this other stuff. It would yeah. make it a little bit harder. So kind of Matt's fault that he that maybe Rand is having these dreams and and getting become more focused. No, I get it. I get it. I mean, there's definitely two ways. It's almost like Taviran working for the dark side. Correct. It's, it's kind of things are falling into place right now for the bad guys in that they're able to identify Rand as the one guy. Correct. The two, but you got to think of the darkness or whatever it is. I can't remember the guy's name in uh, Shadow Logar that caused these. More death. More death. Those two are not the same. Yeah, more death is not so affiliated with the dark one. It's you know he's like an ancient entity, also like Correct. like wolf, like the wolf speaking to men. So if you think about it, you know he's gained. More of this gained a uh, possible to Viren where, you know, that pulled, hit, pulled him off the board yep. for now. For gotcha. now, pulled him off the board. So now it's got – you've got Perrin and and, Matt and Rand. Well, now you've got the, the, the non – I guess you want to say there's nothing to do with the one power is only, you know, that ancient power. Pulls that one off the board too. So, again, process elimination, you've got Rand. Yep. One way or another, now it's you know the the, the, the bad guys are starting to formulate their mm-hmm. plan. Correct. Now we don't know what's going to happen to to Matt. We don't know um, what kind of changes is happening to him. Like what's going on because of that dagger? Um, is there a curse on it? Is it just him being more self involved that this is his treasure and no one's going to touch it? This is the precious. Don't don't look at it. Don't touch it. Don't smell it. Kind of thing. Yep. At this point, we just know um, that it's bad. That's all we know. It came. It came from. It came from um, somewhere where we don't touch the treasure. He touched the Mm -hmm. treasure. Something bad is going to happen. That's that's about all we know. Well, and you got to think about too. Like, why didn't Moraine even tell them about that at Shadow Logar? Don't touch anything. Don't take anything from here. Well, did she? At at that point, she that they she might have been naive in thinking that they were going to stay put. Okay. What part of them being together know thinks that she understands that that's what's going to happen? I don't know. Yeah, you like okay. Know. These really boys. You got these boys here. Are you? Um, <laughs> hey guys, we're going to camp in this town now. Now the devil somewhere is in here. Don't go looking for him. Okay, good night, guys. Yeah, there might be treasure. Just don't touch it. Don't go nowhere. Yeah. Don't take anything. <laughs> I would not move. It's like living in Pennywise neighborhood. He's out there. Don't go looking for him. All right, sweet. Sleep well. Yeah. Nope. Leaving. We're getting out of here. If you see a red balloon, stay away from it. Don't oh touch it. Let's go on a little tangent. Did you see that movie, by the way? I haven't yet. My my older son has. I've read I've read the book, Whoa. so I, I know Whoa. I know of the story. Ooh, it's rough. <laughs> it's a little scary too. I bet. I bet. I sat in the movie theater just like, oh my god, <laughs> why am I here voluntarily? Um. So, anyways, you got to think also why. If a place that you go to is scary enough to keep Trollocs out of there, maybe you shouldn't be there. That was her. That was her plot. That was her 
argument when Land first brought it up. Yeah. Until it became very apparent they had no other option because she was she was tapped out. She she, yeah. she you know they had to go somewhere where she could recoup. Yeah, and there was well, nowhere maybe she else. Told the boys about that even further. That's another bad thing about Ice and I is the fact that they don't tell you everything about yep. what's going on. They just tell you enough to get you to go where they want you to go. Yeah, it's here. I need you to hold this. <laughs> By the way, it could explode. <laughs> don't drop it. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't was, know. It was overall this was a good chapter. Um, you know, we get we get some dream segments, we get some, you know, Severin, you know, trickery with, with Rand and his acrobatics, and then we get the introduction of the dagger. Yep. Matt so, touching stuff. Lots of lots of good setup here. Yep. So I mean I like the chapters. It was good. I mean, it got me really thinking about the connections between the boys and various parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And what it really means and what's happening. Those dream sequences, they don't really go into full detail. All you know is that that they're having dreams. Bahazamon's there. We don't know who Bahazamon is. I mean, I mean, he could just be a minion of the Dark One. We don't know, but it's happening. Yeah. And we keep seeing more and more with each chapter. <laughs> yes, yes. The, the, the circle widens every mm-hmm. chapter. So that's yep. that's a good that's a good storytelling. Um method is to is to is to start with this little speck and just open it up more and more with every every chapter all hmm. right so that is going to take us into readings with rob and as rich put it we are going to have Rand get his first look at matt's new precious yeah he's gonna stroke it stroke that dagger and now the taveren present to you Readings with Rob. He looked down and was surprised to see all the faces staring up at him. Only Matt, sitting cross-legged up in the bows with his back to the mast, was not looking at him. Even the men at the oars had their eyes raised, letting their stroke go ragged, and no one was berating them for it. Rand twisted his head around to look under his arm at the stern. Captain Doman stood by the steering oar, ham like fists on his hips, glaring at him atop the mast. He turned back and grinned at Tom. You want me to come down then? Tom nodded vigorously. I would appreciate it greatly. All right. Shifting his grip on the force day, he sprang off the mast top. He heard Tom bite off an oath as his fall was cut short and he dangled from the force day by his hands. The Gleevan scowled at him, one hand half stretched out to catch him. He grinned at Tom again. I'm going down now. Swinging up his legs, he hooked one knee over the thick line that ran from the mast to the bow, then caught it in the crook of his elbow and let go with his hands. Slowly, then with increasing speed, he slid down. Just short of the bow, he dropped to his feet on the deck right in front of Matt, took one step to catch his balance, and turned to face the boat with arms spread wide, the way Tom did after a tumbling trick. Scattered clapping rose from the crew. But he was looking down at Matt in surprise, and what Matt held, hidden from everyone else by his body. A curved dagger with a gold scabbard worked in strange symbols. Fine gold wiring wrapped the hilt, which was capped by a ruby as big as Rand's thumbnail, and the quillions were golden-scaled serpents bearing their fangs. Matt continued to slide the dagger in and out of its sheath for a moment. Still playing with the dagger, he raised his head slowly, his eyes had a faraway look. Suddenly, they focused on Rand. 
and he gave a start and stuffed the dagger under his coat. Rand squatted on his heels with his arms crossed on his knees. Where did you get that? Matt said nothing, looking quickly to see if anyone else was close by. They were alone, for a wonder. You didn't take that from Shadar Logoth, did you? Matt stared at him. It's your fault. Yours and Perrin's. The two of you pulled me away from the treasure, and I had it in my hand. Mordeth didn't give it to me. I took it. So Ma Rain's warnings about his gifts don't count. You won't tell anybody, Rand. They might try to steal it. I won't tell anybody, Rand said. I think Captain Doman is honest, but I wouldn't put anything past the rest of them, especially Gelb. Not anybody, Matt insisted. Not Doman, not Tom, not anybody. We're the only two left from Evansfield, Rand. We can't afford to trust anybody else. They're alive, Matt. Edwin and Perrin. I know they're alive. Matt looked ashamed. I'll keep your secret, though. Just the two of us. At least we don't have to worry about money now. We could sell it for enough to travel to Tarvalon like kings. Of course, Matt said after a minute. If we have to. Just don't tell anybody until I say so. That was Readings with Rob. If there's a passage in an upcoming chapter you wish to have read on the podcast, simply tweet us at TavirenPod with your request. You're right, Readings with Rob. We now know of the dagger, and hopefully, as Bill promised, he can now put our new outro on the end. So, I, I like the outro, but yeah, I gave it to him about four or five chapters too early. Curses! <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so, uh, I think Bill, I don't know if he, I, he was supposed to do another Tellings of the Wheel segment, uh, but I guess he decided to do an Attack on Titan uh, anime podcast instead. So, thanks a lot yeah. there, Bill. And a secret project. And a secret a secret project with the boss. Yep. So, oh, no, I was talking about a secret project with us. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I forgot about, yes. Something yeah. that, that kind of randomly sprouted that, that we both or all three of us kind of were like yes we want to do that it's <laughs> oh, anyway. be tricky but we got this i think could, I think could be bonus it. content for for a later date let's just put it yep. that way so next chapter next chapter which we have the traveling people or or as i put it do you even tinker bro <laughs> i like the hippies <laughs> with the bright colors and 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 and, and, and the and, fire and the dancing and and the why weed. can't we all just be friends yeah, and holding hands. All, right. <laughs> All except for that Aram. Got to watch out for that Aram. Yeah, I have Ooh. a bad thing against hippies. <laughs> oh, man. So, as always, guys, give, show us some love. Rate and review the podcast. You know, all forms of critique are accepted. You know, if we, if, if we deserve a one star, tell us why. Do if we that. deserve a five star, tell us why. We, we accept yeah. all of it. Um. Discord, we had a bump in our Discord activity. I, I delved into the Wheel of Time multi-user dungeon community. Uh, I was doing a little uh, little side project looking at other other Wheel of Time entities. And one of them I knew about was, um, they're called MUDs, M-U-D, multi-user dungeons. These are essentially the grandfather to the MMORPG. Uh, te- text-based role-playing adventures where it's a multi it's, you know, massively multi-user online presence. I lasted about 30 minutes and I got lost. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started in Emmonsfield and I guess not knowing that you can 
from Emmonsfield, you know, you start in Emmonsfield, but you can transfer yourself to some to, to anywhere else in the world to start your campaign. And I ended up outside of Camelin in some farm. I'm like, I don't know how I got here. And I had no money, no weapons, no armor. And my character kept saying, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. Yeah, and I had weird. no food, no water. And I was just like, okay, I guess my character dies a horrible death. And like, like with the Oregon Trail, he dies of dysentery. That's but, crazy. But it was it was fun. It was interesting. And like I said, I I, I gave um, those guys uh, some some shout outs in Discord. Uh, but yeah, check if you want to check that out. It's I think w o t m u d dot info. If you guys are interested in checking it out, it is one of the oldest multi user dungeons out there. It's been going strong for probably twenty plus years, maybe even longer. Dang! Like online consistent online presence. So big shout out to those guys over there. Uh, they gave us a shout out. We're we're giving them a shout out. Um, Twitter, you know, Taviren Pod. We're out there. I know, Rich, you posted a a, a memory. Was it a, a in memory of Robert Jordan? Yep, yep. Because yesterday was the anniversary of his passing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to throw that out there as a as a big shout out to him and kind of give a big tribute. Um, I know the Wheel of Time. Uh, Amazon crew that they started their photography stuff yesterday. There was that. Did you see the one uh, selfie that Rosamund took of the cast? Yes, and that was a good one too. It so was. I like seeing that. Yes. Still, I'm still not sold on her. I'm just saying. Uh, I think I think she can pull. She's got the chops. I think she's got the okay. chops. Okay, fine. I'll agree to disagree. <laughs> I mean, she was a doom. I mean, come on. I know. I mean, really, what a masterful you know piece that was. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so just so you guys know that he did pass away, I believe it was 12 years ago. Uh, oh, yesterday God, was 12 years. Yeah. Um, I'm actually very fortunate. I've never met the man, but I do have a book signed by him. That's awesome. Um, I was able to get, I don't know how I got it. Um, I was buying the books months ago, like months and months and months ago. Um, and I just happened to come across one. It says, Oh, we can buy this uh, wheel of time book signed by Robert Jordan on, you know, da, da, da. I'm like, Okay, I looked at it, you know, fifty bucks. I'm like, okay, I'll take that, because I knew he passed That's away. Very and I was cool. like, okay, I mean, yeah, you are missed. You are missed, Mr. Jordan. We do miss yes. you. So yes. we know now you're in a better place. Like Game of Thrones. I'm sorry. Now we got crap like Game of Thrones. <laughs> now we can actually see see something good that doesn't have wieners thrown everywhere. <sighs> Wheel of right. or Game of Thrones was so good until it became so not good. Yeah, with yeah. the wieners and everything. Wheel of Time does not have that. It's good. good, open to close. Yes, I, I I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be good. Um, but yes, that's I wanted to throw that out there as a big tribute to him. No. Um, he does mean that's a lot great. to us. That's great. Uh, let's see, Discord, join Discord. We have lots of uh, conversations going on. Would love to hear from you too. Uh, YouTube. I know that Tyler has caught us up, and all of our podcasts are out there on YouTube. So yep. if you use YouTube as as you're listening, and, and I think he adds a few a few uh, video um, little Easter eggs, I, I'll say he'll put in there. Um, he's also going to start putting. Uh, he'll putting. Uh, I'm sorry. He's going to put my uh, hot take on the Emmons Five out there, and I've also uh, sent him the readings with Rob segments in little bite sized uh, consumable chunks. So if you didn't want to go for YouTube for a full podcast, you can just check out the readings with Rob separately there. So. 
That's no excuses. On the series, by the way. What's that? The readings of Rob's is the only thing that's good about this podcast. I'm oh, sorry. stop it. <laughs> hey, you're not you're not so bad yourself. I know. Then well, there's Bill. Yeah, that guy. Tyler does a great job, guys. I just want to throw out there. He does all that himself. Yeah, Tyler um, is a one-man wrecking crew with that stuff. He he just moved. Uh, you know, he has his own podcast. He 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 runs the network, the probably work network of podcasts. So no small thing you, on him getting that done. So shout out to Tyler. Yeah, it's crazy. We're part of a network. <laughs> yes. Yes, I know. And I know audio only experiences out there. Uh, Podcasters Assemble, which was a great podcast going over the MCU. Uh, Troidal Power. I mean, just check it out. Probablywork.com for, for the others out there. Yes. Big shout out to those guys. So I think we are good. We're going to get our tinker on next week. Hopefully we'll have yeah. Bill back. No. You know that he's IT, so you know he loves to tinker. Yeah, he does. He likes <laughs> to do all that tinkering. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. I think I'm going to go uh, eat some dinner and go to bed. That sounds Way like past my time. bedtime. <laughs> you said what now? I said it's past my bedtime. I'm being, you, oh boy. You sad man. I have to get up in the morning and record with Bill again. Uh, you guys are over uh, you guys are this is the official saga review right yes the official one it's happening uh, Bill will still talk the most because he's the one that played the most of it uh, and, uh, yeah I think I'm Bill's gonna, okay with that being the one that fine. talks the most he's fine with it <laughs> alright see we waited we waited what 50 minutes 45 minutes before we even started talking about RPG so that that, that should be good on us yeah. We stayed off the video game tangent for 45 whole minutes, people. That's right, guys. And all now right. we just hit them. <laughs> for that, all right, I'm out of here, guys. Peace. See y'all. All right. Done. Very good. Yeah, that was good. That was a good one, too. Now that our heroic trio have left the familiar confines of the two rivers, they find themselves being chased by all sorts of denizens of the Dark One. Our party has been scattered, and the boys separated from Marvrain and Lan. Let us hope that luck, or some other force, can keep them safe. Uh, Bill? Bill? Billiam! Put that dagger down! You have no idea where in creation that's been! No, no, Rich. I, I don't have an extra cloak with me. Maybe if you didn't ride your horse straight into the Aranel, you wouldn't have this problem, hmm? For crying out loud, Robert, I know that girl from Berlon said weird things to you, but you shouldn't let it get under your skin so much. What are you, eleven? You all remind me of a younger version of myself. Why, back in Watch Hill, I would... friends, this is Troidal Power, host of the Troidal Power Presents the Power Playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power, a podcast where I, your host, Troidal Power, 
play through games in a powerful way. And I'm inviting you to listen to Troidal Power Presents, the Power Playthroughs podcast with Troidal Power, a podcast where I, your host, Troidal Power, play through games in a powerful way. You can find it and a lot of other weird shows at probablywork.com. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at probablywork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called probablywork.com.